Bienvenido, bienvenue, and welcome to Samaritan Conversations. In some of the small countries that uh, our family have gone and, and served in, we've noticed that families would um, intentionally uh, sort of sell their daughters to provide for their families as well. Do they have that kind of, because um, I know we're in the in the Congo, they have that um, kind of a prevalent thing. Um, Mozambique has that prevalent where the daughters, if they have daughters, they're sold to provide for their families as well. Is that also prevalent in Uganda as well? Mm-hmm. I guess maybe in the, in the villages, um, I guess so. I'm not sure. I'm not fully sure, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certain it, 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 it happens, yeah. you know, I would also like to add though that sometimes the parents and as, 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 you know, as different as this may be, sometimes the parent or the mother or the father, they give their children, even as young as 12, the girls as young as 12, to older men, yes, to be married, etc. And they believe as a parent that they're doing the best thing for that child. It's almost as if I cannot feed you. I cannot take care of you, you know. And so I am doing this, you know, to help you, you know, to help you to, you know, to make sure he can feed you. He can give you, you know, three meals a day. I cannot, you know. So. It, it, it's quite it's quite a different experience, you know, um, different decision making process when one dwell in such level of poverty. Yeah, yeah, that that I, I appreciate that context because that is it, it's hard to fathom if you haven't lived or seen it. But you're absolutely right. It's a parent going. You know, to, you, earlier you said something about when the social worker took you into the slums. You said something that I, I kind of wrote down because I wanted to come back to it. You talked about how you talked about just the humanity. Mothers have the same desires for their kids as mothers do here, and I think how that manifests might be different. But it's you to your point. Every mother in every country wants their best for their kids. Every father most fathers, like true fathers, we all want our kids to be better than we, you know, have it, right? Um, Generations down the line, it's like to be better. And that's really what they're trying to do. And then even the the case of some of the, the, another added perspective, and maybe you can kind of help with some of this too, it's just even the stuff about, if you forget about the pandemic, the, there's some traditional values within some of the African countries where, you know, in the U.S. or European nations, we, you kind of invest in the big wedding ring and the the engagement ring, Mm -hmm. right? The equivalent of that back there might be, you know, if you, and we, even here today, we go ask the dad for permission. The equivalent of that is if you go ask the dad for permission for his daughter's hand to be married, uh, you basically kill a calf, you bring some money, but that's that it looks like the exchange of value, but it's not necessarily a sale of the person, although sometimes that's really what it is. But that's there's a historical context of just that 
exchange where it's kind of similar to giving the money to the jeweler, but you basically have a big feast, have all of this, and there's some dollars that exchange hands, but it's more of a celebratory thing than a true, you know, sale. If yes. Yeah. Um, we've noticed that um, we have family that serve um, 115 churches, about 25 schools in Zambia. Um, it's a good little way south of there, but still connecting mm -hmm. to the Dominican, or I'm sorry, still connecting to the Democratic Democratic Republic of Congo in that area. Yeah. And so um, there were, for many, many years, um, the, the our uh, oversight, our um, apostolic oversight were were in that area um education uh, children uh as well as pastoral oversight and things of that nature were very prevalent in that lower region um we have been hearing tremendous amount of stories about people um that were um, muslim in that area um were in large groups being um converted over to christianity um is that happily is that happening as prevalent in uganda as well um i i do know a little bit about uganda um because uh, one of our major coffee producers for our coffee house and our and my my roaster here is from uganda and i i try to stay up on some of the regional information that they give us um for understanding wise so i know a little bit about kampala i know a little bit about the insert uh, the the resurgency that's been happening from congo coming into uganda and some of the issues that they've had on that borderline there but still hearing all these stories of conversions happening a tremendous amount um people coming to know the lord coming to know uh christ in, in that region is that happening as well in uganda um on a large large scale or are you seeing just a few families here and there or how how is that happening I don't really know about um you know you know from a large scale I can't really speak from that you know from that point since I don't have the statistics um but one of the things that I can say though is that as Samuel mentioned I high Uganda we do not discriminate um based on religion at all so we are accepting the children and their families, you know, once oh, the yeah, need is there, absolutely the need. And I can tell you that all of the Muslim families who we accepted into the program, they readily accepted the, um, the program you know, um, the, the, the monthly meetings of the children coming together to learn about Jesus Christ, to read the Bible. You know, the, I would say of all the Muslim families we had and in the program, we have at least, I would say at least five families who are Muslim and we have had no resistance to learning the word of God for the children hearing the word of God. There was even one family I remember she came in and she would wear her, you know, hijab and you know her, her Muslim gab. And one of the sessions we had a you know a ring around where the children formed a wonderful ring and there was someone in the middle and they were doing some wonderful worship songs, you know. 
at the beginning of the monthly sessions when the kids come together. And I looked at the video and my heart just leaped with joy because I saw Lucky, her name was Lucky. And Lucky, she was there and she was enjoying the praise. She was one of the kids enjoying the praise the most, you know. And she was from a Muslim family. So we have had no resistance. We have had um, the families openly ready for their kids to receive the word of God. And, um, and so it just gives a wonderful opportunity, you know, to show the love of Christ. Samuel and I, while we were there, we visited a Muslim family, a, a woman with um, a 14-year-old and, and a little girl who was changed from school. And we went in and she welcomed us. She knew we came in. We came in with, with the love of Christ and we have had no resistance. I think that leads us to understand why the difference in Christianity and other religions as well, they are more, um, they're not as relational based or communal based when it comes to um, being sure that you're helping the poor and being a part of the poor, but you're not just uh, proselytizing, which is, you know, you're not trying to make converts, you're there to better their life to see their life turn around mm -hmm. christ mm -hmm. is the christ has been the answer mm -hmm. for my life but it i'm not saying he's the only answer for your life right now meeting your need of teaching you how to fish is the most important thing you know teaching your children and and educating your families and helping them get out of the 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 low places of of difficulty in their life so that they can then be open to anything else um or even you know, awaken their mind because they're so concentrated on meeting every or meeting, getting one need met on a daily basis. They 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 can't fathom thinking about something spiritual or thinking about something religious or thinking about anything else. They're just trying to feed their children. They're just trying mm -hmm. to, you know, get to work. Mm -hmm. They're just trying mm -hmm. to keep their children from going into prostitution yes. or keeping their their sons from being in gangs mm -hmm. or in the military or all these other different things that are happening all around Uganda. And that's, and that in itself would, that kind of says to, you know, the, you being the one who takes the moment to stop. It doesn't start the conversation with, wait, are you Muslim? Are you Christian? Are you Catholic? Are you, that, that question is not even on the forefront. Your family is in need and our heart is just to see you be to, to see you rise above this um, this yeah. poverty level that you're currently in. And I think that's just astounding. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think it's to you know just restoring that dignity and hope. You know that yeah. you know just being in that level of poverty can strip you off. You know that's the and word just, I was looking for. Dignity. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That dignity, um, which is the right of every human being. You know, yeah. you know, a right to be educated, a right to be fed, you know, a right to be clothed for housing, you know, and and um, you know, I believe that God has here for us on this earth sufficient a sufficient supply to feed us all. 
you know, quite honestly, and if we're honest with ourselves, some of us, we just have too much. And some, you know, we don't have enough. Yes, ma'am. You know, yes. absolutely. And I think it was very evident from the pandemic. When we would go to the supermarket and we would see the shelves, the shelves are empty. And you walk in and you realize the shelves are empty. And I'm looking for toilet paper. And there is someone who is down the street. His garage is filled with toilet paper for six months, three months. And there is a man across there now. He's totally poor there right now. Yeah. Because though he cannot find one roll of toilet paper though. Is there sufficient for everyone? Yes, there is. But some some of us sometimes we house too much, though, sometimes more than we need. And so, to me, IHI is that sort of organization where I consider it's sort of like an exchange of hands. It's like we're taking from 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 those of us who have a little bit more, and we sort of like redistributing to those who do not have enough. And so to bring dignity and hope to us all. And it's the same way that, you know, as, as individuals, while we go out to work, we try to get enough so we can give our children enough, etc. Now that we have that, we can take that dignity. We can share that dignity though with someone else, though, because they desire it just like we do. So I consider I hire to be just just balancing out the wealth, you know, balancing out the wealth. If we have a little bit more, we can give to those though who do not have sufficient or to who who, who have nothing. At all. And we have walked into homes, and Samuel can attest to it, in which the families literally they have almost nothing. Well, uh, so I've got I've got one question, but I, I one of the things I, I probably have seen is the um what's nice about your program, and I think a lot of the schools in Africa, whether it's the Catholic school or other Christian schools versus maybe some other religious schools or even some of the local Baptist private schools in Georgia, is there's not a requirement that you sign up and say, I am a Christian or I will become a Christian in order to go to the school. And I think, you know, that is, at least in my reading of the Bible, how Jesus would do it how much does it take to support a kid? So if someone's listening, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like what it takes for the tuition per kid, but then also like the holistic support of the kid so that they can, they won't have a situation where there's not enough money for paper. Yes, absolutely. Well, for IHI, we have three levels of sponsorship. We have the primary school level, in which that goes from primary one to primary seven. And then we have what we call a high school, um, secondary school. And secondary school is from senior one to senior four. And then we have a high school, which is just that point before um, the student leaves for university once they are successful, and that is senior six and senior seven. So, so we have the primary, the, the secondary, and the high school. 
for the primary, the cost to sponsor a child is $230 for the entire year. Yeah. And from that sponsorship, you are able to get, you're able to provide for your student the entire tuition for the year, two sets of school uniforms as well, complete sets of uniform, which would be shirts, pants, um, games uniform for them to play PE, etc., and all of the school supplies as well. The toilet paper, the, the printing paper the school um, requires, and, um, and the brooms, everything, we take care of that as well. And also we provide books for the secondary and for the for the secondary and for the um, high schoolers as well. So your sponsorship will provide all of the needs of the child and also give them as well a daily meal. Everything, mm. one meal wow. every day, which I would like to say as well, for many of our children, that may be their only meal for the day. That yeah. may be their only meal for the day. So wow. for the primary school, we are, for, for 2020, which is the new year, which will begin in February of 2021, I'm sorry. The cost is $230 for the entire year to take a child to school. For the secondary school, it's $280 for the entire year to take a child through school, entire year. And for the high schoolers as well, it's a little bit more simply because they are at that last phase of their education, et cetera. And that is 437 to take the child to school for an entire year. The school year runs from February all the way through December with intervals for maybe two weeks of, two or three weeks of vacation. So it, it, it's, it's exciting. It's, um, it's, it's, it's exciting. We are looking forward very much to the kids going back to school in February. Yeah. You know, and as we say, it does not take it doesn't take much to help to help a child. You know, 230 can actually give that child hope. We have seen our kids move from uh, change, I would say, their perspective from almost having no hope. We have mm -hmm. seen kids who they came to us and um, I remember saying, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he look up? He's just looking down. You know, mm -hmm. why would he not look up? Or he would talk to you politely and then he looks back down, yeah. you know, to the ground, the girls and the boys. But now in I High though, we see kids who are just so full of fun. They, we see kids now who are telling us, oh, um, we would like to go to this school or this boarding school. When I grow up, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a, you know, a, 
great tennis player. I want to be a veterinarian. You know, we have the kids now expressing yeah. hopes and dreams now in iHive. You know, every time they come together, we like them to say what they, what is your professional dream? And we mm. usually end off with saying, and that's what you will be. That's, that's you that's will amazing. Be. I just wanted to expound upon what you're already saying. Um, for example, the spouse and the children is only 200 and some odd dollars for the youngest up to 400. That's the whole year. Yeah. Think about that. You're not just giving them education, which will change their life now and in the future, but you're also feeding them. You're also clothing them. That to me, after I went there and I saw, we went into the areas where people, the areas were really distressed and it was the whole trip. And then at the end, close to the end, I was like, Lindy, how much does it cost to actually sponsor a child? And when she said that, cause I, I was thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, but as she said that, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, sign me up for two or three. Because the thing is, if you really say that you're a follower of Christ, he said, if you do these to the least of them, you're doing it to me. Mm -hmm. Feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, okay? You're doing that, plus educating them, plus giving them dignity. So that money is giving you a hundredfold return, not mm -hmm. just physically, but spiritually. And that is just so amazing. And another thing that I want to add that Lindy will never say is, this is one of the only organizations that I know that I don't have to ask how many, how much money to the dollar is actually going to the um, sponsored children. A hundred percent, when you go up and sign up and you uh, sponsor a child, a hundred percent goes to them. Okay. Okay. And I was there, I saw it. So yeah. then yeah. my question was, hey, Lindy, how, how do we support you? On the <laughs> website, there is another link where you actually support the organization. But I love the accountability. Um, it's amazing and everything is it's above board and I really appreciated that but to know that that's all you're paying for a whole year to um, just bless a student until graduation or beyond is it's it's amazing so uh, that that really threw me behind it 100% I've been telling everybody about it because um, we, we we do need to not only just take care of uh, those in need here but I think it's also very important to take care of those abroad as well yes absolutely all right yeah. any expansion plans to other parts of africa especially the west coast <laughs> uh, are you thinking of liberia <laughs> yeah it might be you know <laughs> it's got a special place in my heart <laughs> absolutely absolutely i i want to um you know add a little bit to what samuel said to in that um to let to let you know as well that we are a 501c organization as well, um, not-for-profit organization. So all contributions, all donations are also, you know, tax deductible. Deductible Expansion, yes, we do have some hopes of expansion. I would like to expand definitely to um, different parts of, of, of Africa, you know, one place that we were looking at, but the pandemic sort of like, you know, 
um, slow this down where that is concerned is actually even Kenya, which is right on the east yep. border of Uganda as well. But um, looking forward, as as much as the Lord will give us expansion and allow us to expand our tent, you know, I would definitely like to see Ihai Uganda you know, across Africa or across to wherever the Lord would send us. So, would send us because the need is great. The need is there, though. And we do have hands. The Lord has provided us with hands, helping hands, helping hands. And I believe, you know, according to the word of God, we are commissioned to go. We are commissioned to go to go with those helping hands. You know, Proverbs 7, 19, 17 says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I can say from experience that the service we give to IHI is like none other simply because we are giving to a group of people who cannot right now give us back anything, who cannot give us back anything right now. The joy that we are looking for are kids graduating from school, you know, families, you know, coming out of poverty, you know, dignity and hope, you know, being rebuilt again, you know. And so it brings great joy, great joy to be able to serve where the Lord has led us to the poor of the poor. Uh, Well, I thank you so much because you are living the true Samaritan story. But um, one thing I'll just kind of share with everybody is in Africa, especially helping the poor get educated is generally a, at least it gives such a chance to get them from extreme poverty mm-hmm. to better. So like, if you look at, you know, uh, two generations ago for me, so my parents, my grandparents um, and great grandparents, you know, they were sort of poor. They kind of had to make do my great, my grandfather, um, you know, basically, you know, had illiterate parents, but he got an education through a missionary, um, you know, from the Southern Baptist group. And that, even though he was poor and just kind of lived on a teacher's salary, because he had an education and invested in his kids, my parents kind of uh, had, um, and both my parents actually had a much better lifestyle than him, not saying they were, you know, you know, Bill Gates wealthy, but they had a much better lifestyle and were able to pour more into us. And, you know, that's the difference that you, where if you just invest in that, like what you're describing with these kids are like my grandfather on my dad's side. That's really, and that's kind of how his life, you know, he went from a hut to, you know, the, uh, missionary school to building his house and building a school that still stands in Liberia today where he was giving uh, an education to poorer kids uh, in the neighborhood. If you couldn't afford to pay the tuition, you could bring a, 
bag of charcoal, you could bring whatever, and that's how you got educated. And there are a lot of people who live in the U.S. today who went through that school, who basically kind of got free education or had the charcoal, and they've now matriculated, they got their degrees, some of them are here, some of them were in position back home. Um, so that's the difference, just that education is what led to two, three generations, me doing this podcast. So um, I know you don't need any encouragement, but that's kind of what your work's going to do for the next few generations. Thank you. And that is very encouraging to hear because it, re- it helps us to realize that what we are doing today, you know, will last for generations mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. You know, I will change life for generations to come, you know. So we are thankful to God for that. And we are thankful for the expansion that the Lord has given us. So yep. over and above what we expected. And and we know that we are going to continue to grow more and more. You know, as we continue to bring hope and dignity. We have seen kids who are smiling today. You know, who are dreaming today, yep. who are hoping today, who actually would, you know, would speak with confidence today because of the opportunities that are provided through IHI. And I would say, just as Christ walked the earth, though IHI provide an education through love. Yeah. I would I would I would and as Samuel has witnessed, we know our kids, we talk with our kids, we talk with the parents of the kids, you know, we are there to embrace our kids. If there are successes, if there are challenges, wherever they are hurt, we are there for our kids. So we are really a part of their life and they feel that love yeah. that we give the love of Christ through us yeah. as, they, as they as they are on their path to success absolutely that's a perfect way to end the love of Christ mm-hmm. through us that is Samaritan's conversation thank you so much Lindy, uh, it was such a pleasure, and um, I look forward to um, learning more and staying involved, and who knows, maybe one of these days I might finally get to Kampala. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We welcome you, and thank you so much for having having me on the program and giving me an opportunity to talk about IHI Uganda. Mm -hmm.